for those that have followed my journey, they know how important meditation has been for me in transforming the way I go about the things that I do. And it really wasn't until I started meditating for up to an hour was when a big shift started to happen. And I know for a lot of people who meditate, you know, an hour seems like a long time. And I really believe to really get the true benefits out of meditation, you need to sit for an extended period more than your regular 20 minutes that most people do. Now, the biggest challenge for most people I've realized is getting past that first phase, which is quietening the mind enough so that you can truly experience the benefits of meditation. And for me, those benefits are connecting with just pure oneness, a place of pure love, an energy that fuels you, that stays with you throughout your whole day and actually changes everything. You start to change your reality when you start to tap in and tune into this energy. For me, it started. It took an hour to connect with it. Sometimes it takes two hours. But the biggest challenge for most people was quieting the mind. Uh, so that's why I've gone ahead and decided to create a free guide to quietening the mind. Uh, and you can get access to this free guide either on the podcast page where you're listening to this episode or if you just type state-shifters.com, there'll be a pop-up to come up where you can download that free guide. And it'll help you get access to these amazing benefits meditation can offer. Hello, my name is Jordan Kalish. Welcome to the State Shifters Podcast. State Shifters Podcast for anyone looking to upgrade their current state of awareness to live a life of passion and purpose. And in this episode, I've connected with uh, Ulis Carlson, who is based out in Sweden. Uh, Ulis reached out to me on Instagram and I was excited to bring her onto the show because she has a really interesting background and she's uh, overcome some pretty severe depression and, and through yoga and a, and a really unique form of yoga and her own practice she's able to now help and guide others uh, through their own darkness so they can then uh, connect with the light and and really uh, overcome challenging periods and Ulis and I had a really interesting discussion I quite enjoyed this episode and there's a lot of uh, nuggets of wisdom in this one so enjoy it and uh, yeah we'll chat to you soon Ulis Carlson, welcome to the State Shifters podcast. Thank you so much for joining me live from Sweden. Uh, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. And thank you, Jordan, for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. I mean, it's it's pretty amazing that we can both have a conversation on the other ends of the world. Uh, it's 8 p.m. where you are, 2 p.m. where I am. Uh, and we're going we're gonna to have a conversation about some of, the, some of these shared topics that we've both... Um, delved into through our own paths, our own unique journeys. Uh, and you've connected with me via Instagram. Uh, and this is one of the things I'm absolutely loving about having an Instagram page and a podcast is getting to meet and connect with like-minded people like yourself. Uh, so how did, how did you discover my profile, first of all? I'm not quite sure, actually. Hmm. I'm not sure if it was you who found me or if I found you. I don't know, but... Um, I just uh, saw you and then I clicked on your profile and I liked your energy. I could feel your energy all the way <laughs> here <laughs> to Sweden. So I contacted you. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, so I'm so glad you did because now, um, now we've kind of connected and we get to join energies and put that out and hopefully uh, connect and inspire some other people out there who are listening. Uh, so for the people who have, who, have, who have tuned into this episode... Maybe you want to give a little bit of a background around your story and kind of where your where your expertise lies. Yes, thank you, Jordan. Uh, about 10, 11 years ago, I was really depressed and um, suicidal, actually. And I had a big burnout. Burnouts are really common here in Sweden due to many reasons, I think, a combination of reasons. But I was really so stressed and so depressed and my everyday life was not functioning at all. I couldn't work. Uh, I could barely be with my children. I couldn't barely, you know, be with myself. And I was thinking every day, I was thinking every day if this was the day that I was going to end my life. I slept like 15 minutes per night 
for a very long time of my life. And and uh, these sleeping disorders was causing this um, burnout in the long run. So that's where I was 10 years ago. And it's been a journey, an inner journey of reclaiming myself ever since that, ever since then. Yeah, I mean, that's, I've never had to battle any sort of severe depression in the past, but I can only imagine how difficult and challenging it would be. But also to come out the other end of it, it must fill you with a a new lease on life and a a new perspective that uh, can help a lot of people. Uh, So like, how do you now share this, this wisdom that you have through this challenging period? I know you, you, you're, you're a yoga teacher uh, and you work with people in the field of shamanism and various other forms of, of therapy. Do you mind um, explaining how your teachings have kind of incorporated this, print, this, this knowledge and wisdom you have? Yes, of course. Um, it started um, 11 years ago when, when I had the depression and I was... Um, always searching or looking, you know, for some answer. It was like a quest uh, that I wanted to find myself. And one of the days when I was standing in front of the mirror with my, you know, with all the pills in my hand, thinking that this is the day that I'm going to end it, that day I had um, like a link in my inbox and it was a link about yoga for depressed people. And so I contacted the man and I joined the course, which was just like a basic course for 10 weeks. And then I participated in those 10 weeks. And during that time, um, he told me that there's like one spot left for the training to become a yoga teacher and a yoga therapist. And I, I really didn't know how I was going to make it because I was sick with leave and I didn't have any money. And at that time, and me and my husband at the time, we had uh, divorced. So I really didn't know how I was going to, you know, pay for this training. But then in the end, it turns out that I get back from my taxes when I had uh, my own company. And then I still had, had paid all my taxes during the time when I've been sick and depressed. So I got back the the same amount of money that hmm. uh, I paid for, for the course. And during that course, which was like two years long, I went from, you know, like pitch dark inside and just like living hell, basically, to find different shades, <laughs> like 50 shades of gray. <laughs> Or something, and I discovered that there was so much about me that I was disconnected from, and I wasn't uh, in contact with. So it was like a two years journey of personal development and spiritual growth. And then at the end of that two year course, uh, one lady comes in to have yoga, especially for people with a lot of pain in the heart, the body or the soul. And when I tried her yoga, it was like coming home. Hmm. And so then and there I decided to take on her course, which was another one and a half year. And during that journey with her, I found out that I was a highly sensitive person, an empath, that I even, I didn't know about this before. And during the time with her, I released so many hidden emotions and so many, yeah, hidden emotions and hidden energy that uh, that life actually wasn't so black anymore. It was, uh, it was me coming back alive and... I'm really grateful for that opportunity. And after that, I've been continuing to to develop and to, to find and to, to tune in, really, 
uh, and to develop this kind of yoga for empaths and highly sensitive people. And the yoga that I do now is also combined with applied quantum physics and a lot of healing. And when I'm working, I do it all on my intuition. So I could really, like one of my biggest gifts is to see and to feel frozen emotions in somebody mm. and I can help them to release these frozen emotions so they can come more into their hearts and live a life from their heart's desire. That's basically what I do. Amazing stuff. I'm, yeah, I'm so curious to, to, to learn a, bit, a little bit more about some of these areas that you mentioned, but I'm going to start with the, the, the yoga philosophy around, because I've done, I've done a lot of yoga in the past and I still do practice yoga regularly. Uh, and my two forms were, were Bikram and Vinyasa. But you said you did a, a woman did yoga specifically for people that were suffering from depression. Do you mind? Do you mind explaining like how does that differ from say a regular yoga class that someone might be attending? Yes, of course. Uh, my background is that I come from Ashtanga from the beginning, so mm. I've been teaching Ashtanga yoga for a long time. But for me, Ashtanga yoga was very good at the time because I had a lot of eating disorders as well. Uh, a lot of eating disorders and in need of controlling myself and my weight and who I was really. So Ashtanga Yoga for me also became like some kind of, you know, performance that I needed to perform in and that I needed to be good. And it was a good way of, <laughs> I thought at the time, to keep my weight or to control my calories or whatever, because it was burning kind of yoga. And uh, Ashtanga Yoga is very masculine in its essence, in its energy. And if you are under a lot of pressure, if you have a lot of stress, if you are burned out, if you have something that here in Sweden is called fibromyology, yeah, yeah, pain like all over the body, mm -hmm. or if you have um, a disease called chronic chronic tiredness or something chronic you fatigue cannot, i think yeah. yeah yeah exactly and you cannot do this kind of yoga it's too straining on the, on the nervous system right. so this woman that i encountered and her education that i joined and i also became her student for a while her yoga was so much more subtle and so much warm and embracing and caring and so soft and yet so powerful. Mm. So it was actually the most powerful kind of yoga that I've experienced during my 25 years of working as a yoga teacher. Yeah, beautiful. I, I know I know that uh, I guess the principle of yoga should never be a, a challenge. It should never challenge you to the point where you're, you're under some sort of stress. There should be ease and flow with the practice and I guess this form of yoga that you practiced kind of facilitated an ease and flow for people who were going through such dark periods. And I can see how beneficial that would be is like allowing the body to, to open up, like you said, open up different shades of, of lightness where before it was just darkness. And like, I, I specifically remember moments in my yoga class, yoga practice in the past where, where things just opened up, particularly at the end in Shavasana. Did you, do you have any, do you remember any specific moments where you had some serious breakthroughs in the middle of your practice or something just shifted dramatically and you had sudden awakening or was it more of a, a gradual awakening? It was uh, a combination of both. But I yeah. also want to tell you, Jordan, that uh, in our society here in the Western countries, we have a lot of the energy of the masculine, the immature masculine, yeah. the young energy. We always, the, the doers, the do-gooders, the good girls or the good guys, mm -hmm. or and the young energy and the immature masculine energy that we both have, it doesn't matter, you know, if you're women or if you're a man, we have it all in us, but the immature masculine energy is always, you know, that we need to take actions or perform or we need to be good. Uh, if I'm like a workaholic, 
then I'm using too much of my fire, of my immature masculine, always striving or pushing or, you know, going somewhere. I need to achieve something and I always need to improve myself or to look for more money or whatever. And many of us are looking in the outside world but how can you see the outside world if you're not connected to your inner world? And so for me, this whole journey has been living a life more like outside, outside myself, um, always looking for acknowledgement in, in the outer world by being the good girl or whatever, to really accept and embrace the wholeness of me. So, um, and even like this kind of feminine yoga that is in the marketplace today called yin yoga, if you have a lot of pain in the nervous system, if you have a lot of pain in the body, the mind or the spirit, then it's too intense for you. You cannot be in a position for three to five minutes. It's causing you even more stress on the nervous system. So... Um, basically what I've been doing this this 10 years and what I do now with my teacher in this project Reclaim Your Priestesshood is to to move from the immature masculine energy and the immature feminine energy into the more mature the more conscious mature and feminine energy and one of my really big turning points was 10 years ago when I was walking in the Swedish archipelago on a cold winter's day. And suddenly I get this really massive and intense pain in my chest. And I remember that I'm holding on to my, you know, to my chest because it felt like I was going to die or... Uh, like I was going to explode. So I'm falling down there in the snow 10 years ago and I became lying there for what turned out to be many, many hours. And first of all, I just fell and I was so, you know, terrified of me dying there in that snow all alone in the forest. And then all of a sudden I hear these like haunted screams, primal screams, grunting, howling, like muffled noises. And I was so scared because I thought it was, you know, like an animal or something. Yeah. And it turned out that it was me. So I was lying there in that snow and all these totally overwhelming and unexpected noises and sounds came from deep within me. And that was a big turning point for me because until then in my whole life I have always suppressed my true feelings or who I am. I've been trying to hide myself or adapt myself to the norms here in Sweden, how I should be, how I should look like, what I should do. So it was such a huge emotional release and I didn't get it at the point because, as I told you, I really thought that it, this was the moment that I was going to die, you know. And so that took me into going and to joining this different kind of yoga courses that I mentioned earlier. So that was a huge turning point. And, <laughs> and another big turning point was in this yoga with these women in this uh, women's circle and I finally connected with my inner child my inner child that I've been running away from or neg neglected or abandoned a long long time ago I didn't even know about what an inner child was and when I connected with my inner child it was it was also a turning point for me, a very beautiful and very vital moment for me. And was this in the, your yoga practice that you connect with the inner child? 
Yeah, it was. Yeah. And she came to me and I could I could see her and I could feel her and and it was it was like I was collecting and retrieving such a big and lost part of myself that I haven't even realized was lost. I didn't even know that it was lost because hmm. I never I've never encountered her before. Hmm. I guess for people who are listening who have who kind of battle with, with bouts of depression or maybe you've experienced depression in the past. How does someone go about finding the courage to, to take themselves down to a yoga class? Like does, because not everyone can, can find that energy and, and really just show up and, and move the body. Cause I know, I, I know depression is a very dense energy, which a lot of people just feel trapped. Um, and you you had your breakthrough in in that moment in the snow and how what if someone doesn't know how to to create that that first shift to really start to get the energy moving again i really i mean i really really recommend them to connect with somebody that they feel um that they trust and i also recommend them to connect with um expert of breathing because this is what my journey also have been been about uh, exploring and discovering the swedish word for breath is the same word as spirit so the word here in in sweden for breath is andetag which basically means spirit mm. so and when you are depressed, when you are tired, when you are in pain, when you are contracted, it affects uh, your breathing. And when your breathing is affected, obviously you can't, you know, inhale prana or life force, the energy that you need. And also you're not exhaling all the, the, the toxics and the leftover products from your body. So this means that if your breathing is somehow limited or contracted, which which it is when you are depressed or low or tired or whatever, it affects your breathing and you're not even aware of it. Hmm. You don't even know that your breathing is affecting or affected until you start to work with your breath. So I really recommend all of you who are stressed or depressed to connect with somebody who is really good in breathing, uh, guiding in breathing exercises. So this is what my journey also has been about, because when I started, uh, I had like 33 breaths per minute, meaning that uh, my breathing was so quick, so intense and so shallow. So I was only living a shallow life, you know, and now my breathing is down to one breath per minute when I do, it's not even one breath per minute when I do my yoga or when I work. And for me, when I've been retrieving my breath, my breaths have taken me into depths of me. It has taken me through all these layers of hidden emotions or frozen emotions. So you need to start to work with your breath. And it's not something that I would recommend you to do by yourself, because when you work with this, it releases all kinds of, of stuff within from, from the subconscious mind. And so it can be really good to have a guide to have, you know, support or somebody at your side while you are exploring this journey. And this is your journey that takes you from, you know, our monkey mind, our ego and down into the depth of who we really are, the true essence of who we really are. Yeah, the power of the breath is something that people often overlook because it's something that is innate within us. We, the breath is, is our connection with life that we tend to look external, like, 
out there for for the solution when we already have the solution and the breath can give us that that depth that you speak of i just find that so fascinating um and again it's just going back with connecting with the body when the minute you start connecting with the body that's when you start to gain insights and openings and that's that's a great piece of advice if someone's struggling with with, with the energy is just to start with with breathing get your breathing right um, was there a, obviously you did yogic breathing, pranayama breathing is so powerful. There's a lot of other breathing techniques that are out there right now. I don't know if you've heard of uh, Wim Hof, who teaches another breathing technique that I've tried in the past. S- same, same principle, just it, really using the breath to build energy within the body. And it's quite amazing how, how effective it is. Uh, I want to bring up again the, the masculine and fem- feminine energy stuff. And I've, you know, traveled a fair bit now I've been around, I've been around Europe I've, I've been obviously from Australia now moved out to Canada when I have these discussions and you bring up this masculine this this immature masculine immature feminine energy I now see that it, it's it's the same everywhere in the world although we're all from different parts and have different different nationalities and cultures underlying all that it's the same human condition that everyone's going through and, and there's this shift happening now where I believe it's time for people to transition out of these immature energies into the more mature. Uh, how are you helping people with this transition in Sweden? Uh, and, and is there any advice that we can give for people who are tuning in maybe globally to help with this transition from these from these immature energies? Yes, I... I actually work globally. I have clients all over the world and I do it also through Skype. And uh, obviously I'm I'm working a lot with the breathing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's like one really big key to to become more conscious. And when you are becoming more conscious, you are also becoming aware of, you know, your old habits. Um, patterns that is not really being helpful any, anymore. Maybe they've been there for such a long time and they have been serving as some kind of protection for you. But so I'm working a lot with the breath and I work a lot with intuition. And for us uh, human beings living in feminine bodies or female bodies, I do a very beautiful kind of yoga that is yoga for increased lust and sensuality. So, and and when I get the question like, what is the essence of the immature feminine energy or the principle, I always uh, tell them that the immature feminine energy is holding on like clinging on to it could be anything from ideas thoughts my ego to my weight or to my relationship my job my money you know here in the western countries we cling on to our money i need more money i need it uh, i need to improve myself i need this better car i need to decorate my kitchen whatever and so the the immature feminine energy can also, as you say, Jordan, be seen all over the place. It doesn't matter where you're from or what culture you're from because it's, it's all over. And to, for me really, to, to feel and to be the more conscious masculine and the more conscious feminine energy you need to work with yourself, with the body, through the body, through all the layers that has been there, everything that you have, you know, never expressed, everything uh, that you have felt but never shown or expressed, uh, all parts of you that you may not like. And it really, for me, it has been to work with my dark sides, with my ugliness, to work with uh, the beast in order to be the beauty and to be the light. I also need to work with the beast, with the inner beast. Hmm. Embracing the darkness is something that, 
Yeah, yeah. I, I constantly, it's a constant reminder for me because I think, um, I guess, what a lot of us people who have begun, begun this path of inner work and transformation is you think that, you know, it's all sunshines and rainbows for the majority of the, of the time, but I'm finding increasingly there's still elements of darkness that I have to let go of and, and embrace and feel. And, that, and it's a constant, uh, constant cycle of feeling and letting go and trying to love the, the darker aspects. Um, but for people who are starting out on this journey of doing the inner work and going into the body, how, how do you help people trans, like, transmute these darker, the, the beast, and turn it into and come out the other end stronger and learning from, from the darker aspects of the shadow side? Yeah, I think um, starting point is that I need to be doing the groundwork myself. I mean, I cannot teach anything if I'm not willing to go there myself. I cannot teach anything if it's not being anchored in myself. Mm-hmm. So, and we, we as human beings, we have so many fears, you know, so many fears that we are conscious about and also fears that we are being unconscious about. Like, what is driving me? What, what do I escape from by being a workaholic or by using medic medicines or drugs or sex or food? What am I escaping from? And Buddha, the enlightened one, he was talking about that we human beings are creating our own suffering. And we do this mainly by avoiding avoiding, uh, you know, uncomfortable feelings, situations, people. And that is the um, immature aspect of, of fleeing, escaping, always on the move, on the run. Yeah. Whether it's in physical body or in the new projects or, you know, our mind to mind constantly moving, escaping from what really is, what really needs to be felt mm-hmm. in order to to transform you if you have a lot of fears you cannot change the fears only by making positive affirmations or wanting them to go away you need to face the fears through fear and then the other one the other aspect that buddha was talking about that causes us human beings sufferings is cravings like as much as we want to escape from the pain we want to escape from our fears having you know so many strategies to escape by working which is really you know justified in the western societies or using medications or in sweden we use a lot of medication for depression for sleeping disorders for whatever a lot of medication mm-hmm. i think sweden actually is one of the countries in the world with the highest rating using medication is that right wow yeah yeah, yeah. like prescription drugs that like um like xanax and valium and all these numbing drugs to to help people sleep yeah yeah, yeah. i know it's bad in australia and north america as well yeah yeah and then so the other one the other thing that is causing a suffering is this craving I crave for more money, I mm. crave for a better look, I crave my youth that has been, you know, vanished. I crave for instant gratification, instant reward. I crave for even more money, I crave for a new car, a new cell phone, I crave for being acknowledged, I crave for, you know, belonging, whatever. And so it's like a scale and we are always having both the escaping part within deep within our subconscious mind and also this craving this striving um so and and so many of us are living you know going from one point to the other one and i i used i used to tell my kids that you know, they were so disappointed when we went to an amusement park and the day was over. And I said, well, this is life, you know. 
you are longing so much for that day or for that perfect body or that vacation and and then that perfect day comes and like every day this too shall pass the day is you know passing the day is over the vacation is over the body that you once prayed for or stride for you know is transforming so how can you hold on to anything when everything is constantly moving how can you how can you hold on to you know life itself when it's constantly moving yeah this is this is uh, resonating with me a lot because i've noticed in myself that's something that being out in toronto toronto is a very busy city and there are, and it's it's one of those yeah, I'm not sure if Sweden's the same. Um, I'm not sure what city are you in there. Is it Stockholm? You're in? Yes, Stockholm. Yeah. Probably similar thing as Toronto. It's a very, everyone's doing things. There's a lot of, um, there's a very business element here, which means it's like that mindset of like constantly onto the type A personalities. And I, I've noticed that's, I have a tendency for that. So being in this environment, I'm noticing my mind having those cravings of like, I should be doing more. I, I, I'm not enough. I need to make more money. I need to do more work. Uh, and I'm finding, like you said, to, to overcome that, you need to sit and face that, that core underlying fear of unworthiness or not being good enough or seeking approval. I'm finding when I sit in meditation in the mornings and I face the fear, which is all in the mind, and I look at it and I acknowledge it and I feel it, I then tune into a deeper part of myself, which is within the body, which is more of a heart-centered way of living. And when I come out of my meditation and I've let go of this kind of this striving or this seeking, these, these desires to achieve and do, I find that I actually am able to live in a more creative and loving space when I'm in that heart-centered approach and I and the, my my I infuse that energy with my work and my relationships with everyone and it's just a reminder to me of how important it is to do the work because the the, the connection with with the present moment for me was is is the essence of everything and I know when I've lost it because I'll be in my head and, and that the quality of my work drops uh Maintaining that connection, I think, is is such an essential part of life, uh, and yoga is one amazing way of doing it. Do you have a meditation practice? What does your daily practice look like to ensure that you stay in this heart-centered approach to living? I actually during these last ten years, I've you know I've had to change my whole life. Um. So for me, yoga is not just what I do on the mats. Mm -hmm. The challenge is to live yoga off the mats. That's where life really happens. Yoga on the mat is just a practice for me to teach me how to live more present uh, outside of the mat. So the practice that I do is that I, I for now, for instance, my... Uh, hormone system is a bit overwhelmed because I've been um, yeah there's some some still old some traumas in my body that uh, that has led to that my hormones are really tired my hormone system so I do some some things a program that I set up for myself and then I do it for you know at least six months because that is also something in this society that we have this illusion that it should go fast. You know, I want a quick fix. I want to have, just give me a program and I do it up and I mm -hmm. rip it off in 10 weeks and I want to see results quickly. But what happens if I stay? What happens if I stay and what's beneath everything that I, that I encountered first? What's there? And so I do that, and then I do, as a homework for my teacher, I do Zen meditation. Did you say and Zen or sound? Yeah, Zen. Zen? Yeah. What does that look like? It's um, observing your breath. Hmm. 
counting and every time if you count and you have a thought you need to start counting again mm. so when you start and you uh, <laughs> you only come to the number one then you know that oh my god i have a lot of <laughs> i have a lot of monkey mind going on yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and then i'm out in nature every day and mother earth gaia is very soothing place for for stressed people to be so i'm always you know treating myself for yoga and this sun meditation and being out in nature and i only do what i you know what i love to do what i feel happy and joyous about and i don't work so much because <laughs> when i work it's also even though that i love my work and it's so meaningful and i do a lot of workshops and even longer educations now uh, and one education that i'm holding is actually an inner-cation because we are always doing educations in the outer world but this is an inner-cation of nine months so it's like a symbolically a pregnancy where you mm. are being pregnant and then you are delivering yourself the new you yeah it's like giving birth to a new way of living yeah i, I like that Inner yeah i like that too yeah. that's cool yeah and so what was the question i'm sorry i'm talking so much no that's okay uh, this is um this is really really good insights uh I mean, I think the question was relating back to to how do you keep your practice of keeping in the staying in the present moment, and I think you alluded yeah. to that um, yeah. nicely with the with the 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 was it like a, a program that you're following? Yeah. Um, and yes. then I'm also, you know, living like I'm practicing to be a lot of in stillness and silence because that's you know you cannot hear the whisper from your heart or the whisper from your soul if you are constantly moving very true very yeah true. so so and when i'm working and i'm holding space for all these you know sometimes quite heavy emotional transformations i i do get tired because we are all always uh, you know connected or entangled with each other so and i can sense other people's feelings so much so I need a lot of time by myself, a lot of me time, mm -hmm. not doing anything. So that's also one way of taking care of myself. Yeah, uh, it's funny. I, I posted on Instagram about that yesterday. It was just the, the, the art of doing nothing and, and how important yeah. that is. Uh, and the same goes with me. I think I've, I'm realizing that now uh, of coming out and, and living in another country. Uh, I, I've lost a large portion of that time of solitude. And now that I've, because um, I've just moved away from, I was living in my girlfriend's family house and she had a, a big household. She had three, three siblings and there was always people around and I, and I lost that element of solitude and I've moved downtown now and I have access to a beautiful park around the corner uh, and I've found myself just sitting in the bench in, in the park and watching life go by and just being that observer uh, and how, how much clarity I get from that. Uh, such a simple practice, but just being alone uh, and and finding a connection with and I use nature as well, like you said, uh, nature. So for me, it, it really gives me that grounding um, and seeking stillness. Uh, I just can't I can't emphasize it enough. And I guess I I realize how important it is when I come from days where my mind is so active and I'm struggling with with finding the connection to releasing something and then going back to that seat of the soul and the polarity that I see between two ways of living because I just certainly have the tendency to just slip back into that that mind-based thinking I'm an anxious I have a tendency to be an anxious thinker and when I get a taste for that that way of way of living I see how 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 obvious the 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 two ways are and I just want, yeah, I want, I really want to help guide people into this, this heart-centered way of living. And then your approach is certainly, certainly something that people can take on board. Um, and I guess I, this could lead on to my next question nicely is for a lot of people that tune into my podcast, like obviously my background, uh, my story was based around me leaving my, my corporate job because um, I connected with a deeper place within me. And, and I found that 
I chose my career from a from a mind base, from a I wanted to make money, I wanted to appear successful, have the title as of an accountant. And when I connected with that deeper place, I realized that this 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 version of me that I'd created through my mind as being the accountant and working in a professional career and having a, a nice suit to wear every day didn't bring me fulfillment and meaning and purpose in my life. And I connected with this deeper place and I found that I was able to step away from my job with a knowing that I was moving into a higher place. But I'm realizing for a lot of people, they sense that there's more to their life than what they do for work if they're working in an unfulfilling job. They sense there's, there's more, but there's this fear that's stopping them, like a fear of the unknown uh, and, and, a, and a fear of everything not working out. And I find that it's building the courage to, to step into the, to the unknown and taking a leap of faith is the key, is like building that courage muscle. How do, do you have any advice for people who are perhaps tuning into this type of content, but they still feel like they're stuck in a position in life that's not serving them fully? Well, the only thing that I can say about that, and I don't know how it is for anybody else, but for me, uh, it has come to so many points where I've, you know, with my longing of this, what you are talking about, my longing for wholeness, my longing for belonging, my longing for connection, with myself and with others, a longing of full, rich and divine life. Uh, they seem to have been bigger than my, you know, huge fears. And my God, I've had so many fears and I still do. So many, you know, fears that I've been trying to navigate through by, as you said, Jordan, by with my mind, trying to make up solutions with my mind or to think about or being logic about what to do or whatever. But basically, I think that that day, that day when you're longing for spirits and for connectedness is greater than your fears, then you will do something about it. Then you will do the work, you will do whatever it takes, and you will follow every piece of the puzzle until you can put a new puzzle, the puzzle that you want to. And for for many in, in our societies, I think that we are not connected with spirit and I based this on my deep work with exploring the breaths, because if and when you are breathing shallow or it's somehow limited or constricted, then you are living a very limited life. Your breathing is always affecting your life, the quality of your life, your health. And when you are afraid, and when you're stressed, your breathing is really either shallow or fast or very limited. And I am so grateful that my courage has been greater than my many huge fears. And the word courage comes from the French word where cover is heart. And so if you are afraid and if you feel, you know, terrified or horrified or you know what you have and where you are, but you are so afraid of the unknown, the mystery of the unknown, that day when your courage becomes greater than your fears, then it's already, then you're already half there. And I think that in order to feel the courage and to be bold and brave, you also need to, <laughs> again, work with your breath and to embody yourself and everything that you are afraid of. Yeah, there's really, no, really well said. There's no shortcuts, really. There's not. There's not, is there? It's just, no. it's just doing the work. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's not, it's not an easy... We have illusions that there might be shortcuts. If I only do this or if I be, you know, yeah. if I be this one up or if mm -hmm. I... If I um, do whatever, but 
but it's only illusions. Hundred percent. No, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's 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 the road less traveled, and I think I I love connecting with with people who like yourself who who are doing this this work that people. It's not every day you come across people who who live the way you're living and teach the way you're teaching. And as more people start to shift their their inner world and and just and build that courage and and take the road less traveled, who who pursue a passion that they they have fear about not making enough money or fear of letting people down, not fulfilling their parents' expectations. It's the, this courage to take the road less traveled that I want to inspire people to do. Uh, and I and I'm just yeah grateful that there's people like you out there who are helping people connect with their heart uh, and really and live a, a heart-centered life. Um, this shift that's happening, I, I see it because now I'm working in this industry, in this space where I see a lot of people come into my work. I, I work at a healing clinic in downtown Toronto and I see people coming through who have either begun the path or they're getting very close to, to taking their leap of faith. You know, meditation has been something that is opening up now to a lot of people in Western society. Um, a lot of people still see just the performance aspect of it, but the deeper meaning of meditation is the opening, is the shift that's happening. Where do you, how do you see this, this, this playing out, this shift that's, that's happening of global consciousness awakening? What, what, how can we facilitate huge. it? Yeah. yeah, it's a huge and very important shift and I personally think that it's, you know, for for us as human beings and for this planet that we are living in, because what I see in the outer world, you know, like diseases or wars or uh, catastrophes in nature or whatever, uh, that is just mirroring on what's in my inside. I cannot see wars on the outside. I cannot see uh, all the pain if it's not within me. So, and all this, you know, polluting our planets and and it's it's horrible. And it's it's us human beings coming from an unconscious perspective. So this shift is really also about increasing our consciousness and to take responsibility for my path, for, for my growth, my expansion, for facing and feeling and allowing all these fears. Because then when I transform, then my inner vibration raises the consciousness and it's, uh, it's mirroring on the outside world. So I really think that this is a global movement and I also think that we need to do something quite fast because Mother Earth is really stressed. You know, mm. Gaia is under a lot of pressure and basically she doesn't need us, but we need her. Mm. Mm. And I can, I've been working with yoga for 25 years and I, there's so many things that has happened, but still people are, even within my field, you know, people are still being very superficial or just going for the light side of the life or being positive. But I think that it's even more important to be authentic and with this transparency of seeing everything not just my good sides or or how i how i choose to you know label it because it's all just man made really in our yeah. mind and i also want to see want to say that um, only 10 years ago only 10 years ago from now we were having as many inputs in eight weeks that we are having now in one day. Really? Yeah. Wow, what an interesting thing. And yeah. just imagine, you know, the pressure on all our inner organs, you know, all our cleansing organs, our heart, our lungs, spleen, liver, to to sort 
all mm. the external inputs that are coming in, you know, which one shall I act and react on and which one is coming through into my subconscious mind. So just by living, you know, now, it's so stressful for our systems and our bodies. And we are actually not made for this fast, uh, you know, connection with internet or all these impressions that we are getting. Our systems is not built for that, our energy systems. So it's like system overload all the time. And this is, uh, this is according to me and what I, what I believe in also mirroring in the outside world. So therefore this shift is of, you know, such an extreme importance that we people wake up, you know, take responsibility for your own shit, so mm -hmm. to speak. Yeah, because I cannot do anything good if it's not anchored in me. I feel I feel the shift, uh, the like the inputs that you speak of. Uh, when I since moving out from a smaller city, I, I grew up in Perth, Western Australia, which is a smaller city to Toronto. The, and, and feel it. I've really noticed that the inputs becoming just ramped up like crazy. Like no matter where I go, I'm bombarded with information, media, trying to sell me stuff, advertising. Just and it's and it's funny you bring that up because I, I really did notice that. Like I'm just constantly my energy and attention is being pulled around. The minute I step outside into the city, it's just pulled around everywhere. And if you're yeah. not centered and and aware of what's going on, you you'll get you'll get pulled into the to the system, to the cycle of unconscious living, where mm. where there's there's a these larger corporations or governments or a higher power is essentially controlling where our energy goes to feed the system. Um, so it's, the awakening is is helping hu humans take back control and. and really in, invest into saving the planet essentially because it's like you said it's 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 getting to a point where there's a is a critical point now like a critical mass um mm. we're gonna we're gonna see it uh, see it play out one way or another very soon um yeah Ulis, i want to be uh mindful of your time we're approaching uh, the hour mark um uh, i'll ask one final question and this question uh, for me is probably it there's an important aspect whenever someone tunes into a video a podcast or reads a book and it's what action or actions are people going to take after listening to this podcast because i i listened to a bunch of podcasts when i was at my corporate job i read so many books watched so many videos and unless there's action taken at the end of it it's just stored knowledge. It's only stored potential, uh, and for that potential to be turned into to change and, and habits, it needs the action needs to be taken. What action do you want listeners to take after this podcast? Mm. I want you to become aware of your breathing, of your breaths, your connection with the spirits. And if you need support, if you need help, guidance, find somebody who you trust or who has been there or with the experience, because you don't need to do it all by yourself. People have been there before and done that before, and you can t take their help and their advice. But just start with your breathing feel your breathing and connect with your breathing and like every day every breath is a new beginning every breath in itself it's like a cycle of life you are born into this life with a breath and the day you die you do it with a breath and in between you fill your life with breaths and what are you filling your life with what are you longing for what do you want? Well, it's beautiful. Uh, I really appreciate you sharing uh, some of your insights and wisdom with me and the listeners here. Um, before we sign off, whereabouts can people connect with you online if they want to learn more about the work that you do? Uh, my website for the moment is www.plainyoga.se. Uh, plain yoga is a reminder to keep life simple, keep it plain. Wonderful. 
And I'm on Insta and Facebook with my name, Plain Yoga or Ullis Carlson. And my English website is coming up soon. And it's going to be my name, ulliscarlson.com. Awesome. And I'll link all that up in the show notes as well. So uh, thank you so much for, for joining me on the Stage Shifters podcast. Thank you so much, Jordan, for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank Likewise. you. Thank you. Guys, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the podcast. Uh, it really means a lot to me knowing that you're choosing this type of content. And, you know, if there's one thing I can leave you with as you take off for the rest of your day is, is two calls of actions for you. Uh, one of the calls of action that I've been trying to do recently every single day is, is, is do one act of kindness. Um, I mean, if you can do more than one act, that's perfect. But start with one. Try and just do something kind for someone else. And, you know, pay pay for someone's coffee ahead of you or just open the door for someone, hold the door open for someone when they're walking by. Um, these little acts of kindness can really go a long way and it actually improves the way you feel and also improves the way someone else feels and that kind of stems on throughout the, throughout the day. So try and do that. Find something kind to do for someone else. Um, here's one opportunity for you to do some act of kindness is go ahead and uh, leave some feedback on the podcast on iTunes, leave a rating or review or if you're feeling extra special, share this with someone else uh, to try and help someone else out on their journey. Uh, and that will mean a lot for me, it'll mean a lot for other people, and it's going to mean a lot for you because the more acts of kindness we do, we spread the love. So thank you so much for joining me, and I'll see you in the next episode.